We have arrived in mid-December. It is week number 15, and if you're hearing this podcast, it comes out on 12-15. So what better way to do on 15? 15 is the golden number. Maybe a couple of number 15s will have a great week this week. We'll find out this week on the Sunday card. Dan Zampano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbert here with you. Lemon Pepper Lou still on hiatus, Christmas hiatus, but we miss him so. He'll hopefully be back next week for Christmas holiday shows. Matty Ice, welcome in, my friend. Uh, good week in week 14. Three and twos across the board. Bet the narrative hit. Under the weather did not hit. And nothing else happened, right? Like, nothing else. I say You said good, good week. It's the best week we've had in a very long time, man. Yes. It's the best week we've had in a long time. The very, very Matty Ice parlay. The, 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 the perfect two. Very cold. Chicago, Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos came through for me finally in mm. the hit Magic Moneyline parlay. So we're, we're, we're halfway back now. We're halfway. We're scratching and clawing, getting back to even. I hope you didn't give up because we are going to get back there. We still have a chance to make some money. Plus 450 on the Bears, destroying the Lions. We were so on with that mind melt. Mm-hmm. The Broncos, as soon as Easton Stick gets in the game, you mm-hmm. just go, this parlay is alive. You texted mm-hmm. me, which was hilarious. Uh, and and it was great. So I, I very much enjoyed it. It was a no sweater, which was great. So that's always fun. Yeah, I mean, like I was, we were watching, I was watching with Lou, uh, and I was like, man, once the Bears were winning, I was like, the fact this is going to come down to the Broncos was going to like, you know, be tearing at my my heartstrings in, in many different directions. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, like I said, the second half, it was like, we're cruising to the finish of the yeah. second half of the four o'clock game. So it was a good one. We got to see if we can find another one. Got to find Let's another see. one. Let's see if we can do it. We were popping champagne at halftime of that one. I love it. Uh, three and two, Matt, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not satisfied with that. Because I really was this close to 5-0. and I mean, with, with my picks, and we'll go through them in a second, I know your two were like absolute dud losers, yeah. but my two were – I had the closest razor-thin losses uh, this week, and we'll talk about them now. Uh, Kansas City and Buffalo. I mean, can you get more close than that one? I mean, a complete ridiculousness, and once again – the Chiefs receivers, I didn't account for them not being able to line up correctly. I mean, Kadarius Tony and the whole aftermath of everything that came with that offsides play. It's been it's been a wild week. And obviously now like Mahomes has apologized for his behavior and whining, complaining, Ugh. but it was definitely a bad look. It was a very bad look. It did made you hate the Chiefs even more when yes. that happened. Like Mahomes going crazy. The worst part was him being in Josh Allen's face. Like, if I was Josh Allen, I would have been like, bro, chill out, you loser. We beat you. Like, learn to line up. Like, I would have been right back in him. You know, I I think it's ridiculous. And Allen was classy enough to just let it go, whatever. But I would have been like, what the frick? This guy's, like, coming up to me saying that? Like, really? So so that's very strange to me. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. It was brutal, obviously. But, you know, that's, that's betting the NFL. And then the other one, man, holy crap. We're four minutes away. I don't know how the Dolphins got a 14-point lead because they played like garbage for most of the game. The Titans fumble away punt returns and and toss plays, and, you know, we're sitting pretty. I'm like, thank God, like, we're going to sneak this out. We're going to get lucky. And old Will Levis 
he put on a show in the last four minutes, and the Titans outright plus thir- 13 or 14-point dogs with the upset of the year on Monday night. Wow, so Monday Monday night in general was a, was just a crazy, crazy one. Yeah. We, had, we had two games going on at once, and both both endings were were nutty. Uh, obviously, the Titans coming back from fourteen down a little bit more. Yeah, I mean the fact that you were like getting backdoored, like you only need the one touchdown, and they just like they were like, let's go for the kill and just take it all the way with getting to the final the final three minutes. That was insane. That was insane, and I loved the the nightcap. Uh, like Monday night doubleheader, it was like watching the final stage, final group stage games in the World Cup. Like I'm flipping mm. back and forth from ABC to ESPN to A because I have both games. Remind me every year to do that again. Like it was crazy, but B because it was just two teams in the playoffs getting upset by two teams that have nothing to do with it. It was it was really fun. I hope ESPN does that more often because I really liked it. Um, but the winners were good. We got the mind melts. That's what all it was. Mind melts across the board. Mind melts across the board. Giants, hitter on Monday night. Atzo, whatever you say. What's the matter for you? That's DeVito. The Bears, outright easy, easy. Mm-hmm. At Fields and Moore are, are the best combo in football last week. And then Cincinnati, the Colts absolutely come back down to earth. So talk about them all three. It was awesome. I say Cincinnati was pretty easy too. Um yeah, I mean the Giants. As soon as they had a seven up the lead early, I was like, "This, this feels good. This yeah. feels like they got a really solid chance again." Just like covering, covering the number and everybody winning outright. Uh, Bears, we just had that spot on. Like the Bears just have the Lions' number. Like it's just, I don't. Know, it's just a good matchup for them. I guess Fields and his his running ability and what he could do against that defense. He just always tears them up. Um, yeah, I like said Cincinnati was no sweat. Finally taken down, taken down the arch enemy, taken down Gardner Minshew, teaching yes. them that he is just you're not that good at football. You rip that mustache off, uh, you imposter. Uh, the the Colts got me really mad when they tied the game at fourteen because it was it was it was a bloodbath, and they got some lucky plays in the first half that got the game back to fourteen all. But the Bengals settled down. They just went back to what they were doing. Chase Brown again, another great game for him. So hey man, Jake Browning's the the, the cock of the walk this week, man. I mean he's been he's been fantastic. So. I'm excited. And Fields and more. I mean, for them to troll the Lions on all those fourth downs that they messed up on and then go for it on fourth down and Fields through a absolute laser beam down the seam to DJ Moore. I can't believe I'm saying it, Matt, but he's making me believe. He he is making me believe. It's the Bears are just getting into a more and more like confusing spot as their their Carolina pick that they have is pretty much almost guaranteed to be the one seed at this point with some of these other lower, lower seed teams pulling out wins with pulling, you know, Patriots winning and and the Cardinals winning against the Steelers a couple weeks ago. So it's like, they pretty much are going to get that number one pick, but do they need a quarterback anymore? Maybe they just grab Marvin Harrison jr. And throw Marvin Harrison jr. TJ Moore and Justin Fields out there. I don't know. They're there. It's certainly going to be very interesting for them down the stretch And the Bears are still in the playoff race, which is another thing that's crazy. That's crazy. And and so are the giants, which is totally insane too. I say I think they said that right now mathematically there's still 22 teams that can make the playoffs, which is just doesn't feel right. Crazy, and we're week 15. That's insane. Uh, you know the Bears did do some favors. The Panthers did not. I, I and this is my yeah. fear. Like the Panthers, the Panthers yeah. truly are the worst team in the league. They can do absolutely nothing correct. Yeah, they're brutal. I mean that they 
they they move the ball like on the ground really really well but they just can't they just can't execute and like they can't finish they just I don't know. they got no, the, there's the dead cat bounce is dead no more yeah. bounce he is he's, he's buried six feet under the miles sanders run to the two and they couldn't score off of it like it was uh. it was so brutal it was so brutal and then houston i mean we got kind of trapped in that one i was i agreed with you on the pick it was in my leans but I, I think we got trapped for a zero-zero game at the half. A to go over the number, which is disgusting. But B mm. to have Houston just play as poorly as they did, and, and their defense completely lay an egg in the second half. To Zach Wilson was a joke. Yeah, and I mean, Nico Collins going out in the first quarter, obviously with Tank Dell now out for the year. I was like, oh boy, they're in trouble. They they really couldn't move the ball well at all because they can't they can't run the ball. Even yeah. as much as the Jets' defense is vulnerable for the run, like they can't, Houston can't run the ball well at all. So, yeah, that one was uh, that one felt pretty crappy. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Under the weather, by the way, lost uh, easily. I mean, there was never a doubt. I mean, seventeen, it was like 14, 14, 14 10 in the first quarter. I'm like, okay, that's done. But lose, bet the narrative wins. Brandon Staley still alive, even as we're recording this on Friday morning after a sixty-three burger laid on him last night by the Raiders, he's still alive somehow. I, I don't I don't understand. I, I I swear I thought he was getting left in Vegas last night. I thought there was no chance he was getting on that plane going back with them. But uh, and for the record, Lou also said that the narrative, if this wasn't a Thursday game, he called he called the Raiders. He was like he he knew the exact score and everything. I mean he he, he called it out right right away. He texted me that so uh that was his bet there. We can put another one in the win column for him too. That, that's awesome. That is so awesome. Good for him. The bet the narrative bet has just become the fade Staley. Yes, it literally has been, and it'll be till kingdom come. Uh, okay, so that makes us three and two for the week. The records, I'm struggling, but we're we're chipping away a little bit. We're gonna need some four and one, some five of those. 31, 40, and three right now. Matt, 36, 34, and four. So again, still above 500. Do you want to get over that 52% marker? And then uh, Lou is seven, ten, and one in the bet the narrative. The under the weather is now ten and four, so that's good. Uh, and then the Magic Money Mind Parlay, 2-12, and 12, but now we're only down 3.4 units. So it's not going to take that much to get back to the winner's circle. That's why you can't get desperate. I don't have to go for those crazy ones. Obviously, I mean, they're they're there. I mean, could have thrown the Titans in there last week and, you know, I would have got it all back. But, um, no, we just got to keep chipping away here. We're, we're, we're doing the same strategy we had last week. We're sticking with it this week. I feel good about it. I love it. I love it. Three and twos for the both of us. Matty, you have the better record. Why don't we get right to it? Pick or punt? I'm punting to you this week. I'm punting to you this week. I'm, com- I'm coming off of, uh, I'm coming off the office Christmas party here. If you can hear it in my voice, it's a little, it's a little tired. It's a little hoarse. So uh, I'm gonna, I want to see where you're going with this. Much as I said, I like my picks. You don't. I kind of want to know what that means. Where you don't like your picks? Knocking off the old spiked eggnog the last night. So we'll, we'll, we'll pick you up. We'll pick you up here. Uh Fine. Number five. Again, I, like I said, I had a difficult time. I thought that these games, there's some bad quarterbacks playing against each other. Again, um, some teams that I think are really difficult to figure out because we had so many upsets last week that I get scared off of teams that do that. So to me, Matt, you know, in the movie, The Jungle Book, uh, Mowgli has to really understand from his counterparts, the bear, that you need to forget about your worries and your stripes because he's got the bear necessities. We're back in the jungle. I'm doing it again. 
Ride it till it dies. Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. Once again, I'm doing it. Minus three on Saturday against the Vikings, who are coming off the 3-0 massacre against the Raiders. I hate it. But again, I just see the Bengals as the team that is has the better quarterback in this game. I, I, I see it. Jefferson is still banged up. He's going to play, but he's still banged up. And look, Cincinnati has schemed the hell out of that offense. Browning throwing it down the field, using the short passing game and the screen game as a run game, which should, by the way, negate that heavy blitz scheme from, from Brian Flores. The Vikings not only lead the league in blitz rate, they have sent six blitzers, six blitzers, on 28% of dropback passes this year, by far the most by any team. Now, uh, Jake Browning's passes, 53% of them have come out in under two and a half seconds. So I think that's going to have to negate some of that blitz packages. And that's the fifth highest rate among qualified passers. Plus, against the blitz, these are Browning's numbers, 8.8 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks, a passer rating of 128.4, which is the third highest passer rating versus pressure in the league. And he has more yards in tight window throws, so the defender being at least one yard or less from the receiver. In tight window throws, he has more yards than any quarterback in the league the last two weeks outside of Dak Prescott. Plus, Matt, this is a Jake Browning revenge game. Do you know who the team was that had him sit on the practice squad for his first two years, just sitting there waiting in the wings to get this done? That would be the Minnesota Vikings. They're the team that had him as an undrafted free agent. Also, these defenses are playing much better, but this is the biggest differential in turnover differential of the week. This is a plus 15 for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're plus 10 in turnover differential. The Vikings are minus five. Minus five. And the Bengals' turnovers have been much more timely. 13 interceptions this, this year the Bengals have. Ten of them have come in the second half. That's the most interceptions – I'm sorry, the second most interceptions after halftime by any team. I am not buying Nick Mullins going into Cincinnati in a game they need and going to win this game. I am not buying it. They, this guy could have easily thrown the game away in Vegas – he almost had a couple interceptions in that game. I'm riding it till it dies. The spirit of Joe Burrow resides in another JB. I'm taking the Bengals minus three. Well, you might not be buying Nick Mullins, but I've got some cash right here. And I'm saying, oh my give me that Brian Flores defense <laughs> and give me that Nick Mullins. Minnesota plus three. We're going head to head, Dan. I'm, oh. I'm sitting there smirking, laughing. Uh See, I think that this – I'm not worried about the quarterbacks here. I'm not worried about two weeks of Jake oh, Browning. Good. I'm not worried about two weeks of Jake Browning beating up on two of the, the worst defenses in the NFL and the Jaguars and the Colts. And Nick Mullins, we've at least seen be capable before, you know, in previous ones. So this is a this is a backup quarterback matchup. It's not like, you know, with such a small sample size, we don't have you know, that much proof of who's, who's better here. So in two backup quarterbacks, I'm taking the points and I'm taking the better defense on the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Flores has created this new look defense this year, and they've it's been all talk of the town. It's like the creativity when it comes to the the personnel he's using and the blitzing he's using. I have a little uh, P, a breakdown from PFF on some of this stuff that you know you mentioned that they have the highest blitz rate in the league, the only team above fifty percent. Um, 
of their opponents' dropbacks. Um, they also rank second in the league in percentage of snaps rushing three players or fewer. So it's not so much the consistent mm-hmm. aggression that causes problems for opposing offenses, but the extreme variance of Minnesota's pass rush. When the Vikings blitz, they tend to overload. The Vikings actually rank dead last in NFL uh, in the NFL blitzes featuring five rushers. So they're only sending one extra guy. They don't do that as much. They always send either two or three more. Um, and they lead the league in, as you mentioned before, uh, six rushers or more uh, pass rushes. And they're the second highest in seven or more pass rushers. Um, paired with a heightened chance of rushing just three players and drop uh, on a drop back look. Uh, it's I just think it's going to confuse Browning a ton. Like He's going to have a lot more to analyze with this defense in that pre-snap with everybody coming up, I think that that's going to be a lot for him to handle in his third NFL start. Um, I also I, like what they do with their personnel is interesting as well. They say, you know, in their nickel package, instead of bringing in a smaller and faster corner, a lot of time they're playing three safeties out there. So they've got a guy who's a little bit more flexible to play in the box, play, cover a guy in the slot, play down the line. So they're able to match, you know, or mix up looks even more like that. So, I don't know. I think this comes out as the defense here and a team getting points. And I just think that's going to be a lot for Jake Browning to handle this Cincinnati defense. They've been better over the past few weeks. Um, some of their players just getting healthy really has, has been the benefit of that. But uh, I think Nick Mullins just needs to be capable enough to let the defense hopefully create some havoc, create some turnovers. All right. So you're banking on the defense and look, I, I commend you for it. I, I don't see it happening though. Offensively for Nick Mullins, you got to remember that, the Vikings have a couple of offensive linemen that are probably banged up and may not play in this game. Alex Madison is still in a concussion protocol and, and I think has another injury as well. So, you know, they're down a lot. They're down a few guys offensively. And I don't know how long Jefferson stays in this game. If he is able to play, he says he's going to play. He came right into the game against the Raiders and got knocked out. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. He's If he's dealing with a back and rib issue, he may not be as as explosive. I'm going to take the weapons here for the Bengals here. That's interesting. We are on a mind meld right away on a garbage Saturday game. That's that's very yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're taking it in the trash. The first, at least the first game on Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. Is this your number five? Uh, this was. I think I like this one a lot. I really like this one a lot. I think it was my number my number two. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's continue, shall we? This one is purely because I want to. That's it. This one is purely because I want to. The numbers come down, so I'm not as high on it. But the slander for this coach has just been preposterous this week. I don't want to hear it anymore. And, Matt, you just talked about it. You know, Mahomes really, really, really made himself such a clown last week. I'm back at that F the Chiefs kind of mantra. And the Patriots know how to play the Chiefs. They, every game that they have played, Belichick has allowed less and less points. Now, they haven't played them in years. They haven't played them in three years. Uh, 2020 was the last time they played them. They held them to six points through the first three quarters of the game. They held them to 19 points offensively. And that was a Brian Hoyer, Jared Stedham game. Bailey Zappi's in here this week, and I get it. This offense is terrible. The Chiefs' defense, I think, is probably better. But I'm counting on the Patriots to at least keep this close. I'm taking the Pats plus 7.5 at home against the Chiefs. By the way, no Isaiah Pacheco possibly again this week for the Chiefs. That's a huge problem. That I think he would create a massive problem for the Patriots. 
Um, Donovan Smith also probably there's a chance he might not play this week at left tackle. And we know what the Patriots' strength is. It's their rush defense. They're number one in EPA per play uh, in rush defense. They're the first, ranked first in defensive yards per carry. They're third in opponents rushing yards per game. They're actually getting some weapons back on offense. Demario Douglas is back at practice. Sounds like he's going to play, so they'll have at least something for weaponry. I'll be honest, man. Like, I'm okay with Zeke being by himself in that backfield. Like, he played the game of his life against a good Steelers front. Like, the Steelers are not a bad defense. They're good. And I think Zeke really carried the day. He's one of those veteran players that's fresh. He hasn't touched the ball at all. Like, for, as, for, for the majority of his career, this is the least amount of touches he's had, I think, really since his rookie year. Plus, the over-under here is 37 I mean, we're talking about 37 in a seven-and-a-half-point spread. That means the Pats have to hold the Chiefs to what, 21 to maybe get there? Can they get 14 on the Chiefs? Look, to me, I'm not scared of those Chiefs uh, receivers, obviously. We know what the game plan is. They're not going to blitz Mahomes. They're going to rush three. They're going to drop eight a ton in this game. They're going to double Kelsey. They're not. They're gonna. They know exactly the game plan that they want to do against Mahomes. Now, I do think they can mix it up and actually send blitzers off the edge, the safeties, because they've been doing that a lot. They've been blitzing a lot more this year. Kyle Duggar's been blitzing like crazy uh, a lot, but it's always like you said, it's very much similar to the Giants. It's timely blitzing, and I think that's what Belichick will draw up for Mahomes this week. I think he's frustrated. I don't think this is a uh, a rage against the machine. Chiefs are going to come back, and Mahomes is going to go off. I think this is he's actually frustrated. Kelsey's not the same player. The receivers are not good enough. I don't think they're scared of him. And I'm sick of hearing about Bill Belichick and how terrible of a coach he is and this, that, and the other this week because of the report about him not coming back this year. If their report is true, I think it's even more motivating for the Patriots. Give me the Pats, F the Chiefs, seven and a half. I lose. I, n- I never know what kind of Patriots stand we're going to get. Like now, now we're back to like the old ways we're bought in, but like just last week, it's this team's done. They're dead. They stink. Like I can't keep up with you. I think it's maybe just because they played on Thursday. You've had enough time now. Like we're over a week, like, so you've been getting hyped up another game, second game in a row. They have the rust advantage against the chiefs. So, you yeah. know, the, the chiefs are beginning of uh, uh, all their opponents are have better rest advantage over them uh, over the past few weeks. It's crazy. You said too. 37 in a Patrick Mahomes. Like two years ago, tell me that there's going to be an over under 37 in a game Patrick Mahomes is playing in. Nobody would believe it. You'd bet the over, put the mortgage on. But uh, I I think it's the sharp side. It's ugly. You got to get ugly on this one. But I I like the the, the Belichick revenge factor as well. All right. My number five. This is also because I want to do it. Just because because (laughs) I want to do it. I just got to back my Paisan. You know what I'm saying? I just got to back the <laughs> oh, Paisan. Boy. Tommy Cutlets. I know that the Giants have been getting a little bit lucky maybe over the past few weeks, but who are the Saints to be six-point favorites over anybody? I mean, the, the game last week against Carolina, I almost got to it when we were going through the review. Carolina outgained them last week oh. in a 22-point loss. Carolina outgained them 303 to 207. It's just the most misleading score to box score ever. Uh, Like I said, they outgained them by 100 yards. 
They the Panthers put up 200 yards on the ground, averaging 5.3 a carry. So this Saints rush defense that we used to be elite is aging and hurt and gone. The Saints were also three uh three for ten on third downs mm. and lost a time of possession battle by 10 minutes. Um and I just think that Tommy's not as bad as it's it's kind of a gimmick, it's kind of a joke, but Dable after the bye week has kind of figured out what works best with DeVito. He's using his legs a lot now. He's having him run a lot more and, and, and create. And they're keeping the wide receiver rotation. They were they were putting so many different people in and not keeping their playmakers on the field like like Hyatt and Wanda uh Wandale uh, Robinson, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um they're pretty much keeping Wandale, Jalen Hyatt, and Darius Slayton out there the majority of the snaps, their best players. Um I think that's helped the offense a ton. Like I said, I think they're going to be able to run. I think Saquon's going to be able to get going in this game against that bad injured rush defense. Um, And Derek Carr last week, another one. 18 of 26 for 119 yards against that Carolina team. Mm. This Giants defense is way better than that, than that Carolina team for sure. Um, And again, just fading Carr and Allen as favorites is a thing that I like to do a lot here. Uh, Derek Carr, 34% against the spread over his career as a favorite, as a favorite of a field goal or more. He is nine and 26. Dennis Allen as a favorite as a head coach, six and 16 against the spread. So I know it goes against core principles to fade the, you know, to back the Monday night winner, but six points to the Saints. I mean, give me a break. Give me Tommy DeVito. (laughs) What's the matter for you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I love the red, white, and green this week. Uh, the reason why I'm not putting this in my leans or anything, I'm. I'm all for you here with the Giants, is because I just throw my hands up in this game because I don't want anything to do with the Saints. There, last week is such an indication that like that made no sense, and the no Giants sense. are coming off the Monday night win, huge. Like nothing about this game to me is attractive. I don't even want to watch it. Uh to me, I'll happily root for the I don't happily root for the Giants, but I'll root for the Giants in this game because I just don't like the Saints vibes. Like they're too weird and too confusing and too blase. Like I would much rather ride with DeVito. I, I agree with you. So from the spirit of of loving and 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 uh and actually wanting to do it, absolutely. But I just can't touch this game. That's fair enough. I say, and you say you're the Italian here. I mean, this is this is an Italian uprising. With I Tommy, know, you know, and then on the Jersey Shore. I mean, I'm you know, I'm just just an old Mick over here. But he's he's uh, he, he's, he's 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 giving Italian Americans everywhere uh, hope and pride. He he, is. it's the greatest greatest sports Italian story since like Rocky Balboa. It really is. As as Italian Americans didn't have any pride before that. So. We had um, none. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Pats line is now eight and a half. So eight and a half. It's bounced yeah. way up and it's thought it was what opened at nine and a half, went down to seven and a half, and now it's back to eight and a half. Now it's back to eight and a half. I just uh. checked. It's the only line that's moved since I looked at it last night is is the Pats eight and a half. And I think the Eagles and Seahawks has moved as well. So uh we'll talk about that one uh maybe a little later. Uh number three for me, Matt. You know, it's December. Uh in December, obviously we know that the winter is coming, it's getting colder, you know, blah blah blah. And a lot of these snowbirds like to, you know, travel down south and, you know, find a nice, cozy little Florida home, whatever. A lot of people are not going up to the cabin, maybe for a ski weekend, but that's about it. Not to spend the whole winter. So in the Battle of the Bays, 
Where do you think I'm going in December? It ain't Wisconsin. Let's do it again, baby. Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Here we go in Green Bay. It makes me sick. But I've been ready to get off Green Bay for a while. We got off them last week. And here comes another well-schemed Tampa defense coming into Green Bay. And look, I get it. Tampa's been banged up the last few weeks. Devin White and Jamel Dean trending towards playing this week for Tampa. That's a great sign for them. Uh, getting a little bit healthier versus a constantly hurt Green Bay team. Christian Watson doesn't sound like he's going to play. A- again, hurt with the hamstring. A.J. Dillon broke his uh, broke his ankle or hand or thumb or something like that. Uh, so he hasn't practiced. He's not going to play. He's also just not good. Yeah, yeah, well, that too. Aaron Jones has been living into practice all week. Um, and look, Tampa's defense is good against the run, man. They're, they're fourth in the league in EPA in rush defense. Um, they've also been really good in the red zone. They're fourth in red zone defense. They've been really good on third down the last three weeks. And this is another heavy blitzing, well-schemed defense that has given the Packers fits. Tampa's third in the league in, in, in blitz rate this year uh, with Todd Bowles at the helm, who we know that one thing he can do is coach defense. Green Bay's defense on the other side has been absolutely brutal. They're tied for 32nd in opponents' punts per play. They're tied for 28th in opponents' red zone attempts per game. They're 25th in third down D. They're 31st in opponents' rush yards per game. And they're 28th in defensive yards per carry. I know that Tampa doesn't really like to run the football. But again, Jair Alexander, banged up again. Eric Stokes, still hurt. Darnell Savage, still hurt. They're just going to want to throw the ball all over this team that has consistently been hurt in the secondary. And... I don't think it should be that difficult for Baker to move the ball in this game. Like this, this defense is predictable. It's it's easy to run the ball on them. Their secondary is banged up. And another thing here, Tampa has covered four consecutive road games versus NFC opponents. And on last the last few years, Matt, Tampa has been one of the worst road teams in the league. But this year, they are six and one against the spread on the road. So I'm going to take them plus three and a half. I think they could win this game outright easily against the Packers. I love the ocean. I love making noise. And I love to fire the cannons. Give me the Bucks plus three and a half against Green Bay. Yeah, see, I just, I want nothing to do with the Buccaneers anymore. I mean, as much as that defense might be schemed well with Bulls, they've been horrible. And they've been, I mean, like I said, they're getting healthier, obviously, but they've been so banged up. And... I, I do think this is a maybe a bounce back spot for Jordan Love because I think he has like he's gotten it together a little bit, but yeah, I, I got nothing in this game. This isn't a lean or anything for me. I think you are on the right side, but I want nothing to do with Tampa Bay right now. It's a tough one. It's gross. Like I said, I it was difficult for me picking this week because of the quarterbacks and like the situations and the teams losing and the teams winning, but. I, I am going to go back to the well here. I, I, the Bucks are going to be all over my sheet at the end of the year. They're going to be all over it. So, Yeah, this is when we do our at the end of the year. They are going to be your easily your number one bet team, as the Houston Texans will be mine. Um, but not going there this week. That's not That wasn't foreshadowing for coming okay. up here. They can take that one off the, the board for me this week. No Davis. I'm a CJ Stroud guy, not a Davis <laughs> guy. Um, but we are going to get to a game that does have – both starting quarterbacks, mm. two good quarterbacks. We're going to talk about a good football game for once. And as you mentioned about 
heading up north. Man, I don't I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of cowboys heading up to Buffalo in the middle of the winter oh just to get away and relax. Oh boy. We're taking the Buffalo Bills minus two against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think this is just a great spot to fade Dallas. I mean, again, we talk about all the time about trying to ride these teams when they're hot uh, and they're, they're kind of trending on the up on the upswing. And I think that we've hit the top of the market now with the Cowboys, you know, crushing the Eagles last week. Huge win, huge emotional win. And they are in their toughest part of their schedule now with the Eagles last week. Buffalo now they have Miami and Detroit coming up for Dallas. Um, and I think that this is where it's going to get a little hard for them. Uh, Josh Allen and Joe Brady. This connection has been great since Joe Brady mm. took over. Over the last three games, they're averaging 408 yards of total offense, which is third highest in the NFL over that stretch. Uh, they're converting um, they're converting third downs at, uh, at the eighth best rate in the league. They are getting onto third down a lot, which is a little scary, but they are converting when they're getting there. And again, that's coming a lot from Josh Allen running more and creating. Uh, he's averaging 270 passing yards over the past three games, and they're averaging almost four red zone trips a game. So they are moving the ball really well on offense. Um, Dallas too, they have some holes. I mean, the defense has been shown that they're not as elite of a unit as I think they, we thought they were. I mean, they're still, I think they're average to above average, but they've really gotten fat and happy beating up on some bad teams. They also cannot run the ball. They have not been able to run the ball on offense. It's been all Dak Prescott. And that's the true weakness of the bills defense, which has gotten better. Now, you know, we were talking about how poor they were after losing Milano and some of those key injuries, um, uh, white has been out but they've kind of now gotten those players some experience and they figured out this system a little bit and they're playing a lot better uh but again i don't think dallas can be able to take advantage of the the, the run defense of the bills um and yeah i think this is a spot play i don't have much else for stats in this outside of mm. josh allen's playing really really well they're moving the ball fantastic and i think this is just a great spot to fade dallas and get off of them so give me the bills minus two yeah, I, I think that's really what you got to lean on is that that Dallas is in a bad spot after the, they got they're, they're big in their britches last week against the Eagles. My concern is this, man. As, as bad of a spot as this is for Dallas, I mean Buffalo just got incredibly lucky to win that game. I mean they did not they mishandled the the fourth quarter so badly, and and to me, like the the game. I hear you. The Cowboys defense has not been as, you know, dominant as as we think it is. My problem is that the offensive line for, for Buffalo, they're just going to have a hard time against Parsons and Lawrence. I mean, th that scares the bejesus out of me. Uh, so my heart does say Buffalo. My head says Dallas. It's a no play for me. I got nothing on it. I want to sit back and watch that game, kind of like how I wanted to sit back and see how the Eagles responded. To, to Dallas last week, I, I want to see if Dallas can respond and, and get off the mat and not get lazy against a Bills team that has a lot of life. I'm not crazy about it, but I I, I think that this is going to be a very, very tight game that comes down to the wire. So I, I'll, I'll leave you to it with the Bills here. Yeah, and I think the Bills have just been playing really hungry. Like they're, they're, they're a team that's had experience, you know, play out. They, they, they expect the playoffs over these past few years. And I think that it's a team that's going to do all they can to, to scratch and claw their way in, in the AFC. Mm. So I think that they're just playing with a different mode, but I, yeah, McDermott doing this, like just constant, the prevent defense and just yeah. letting teams back in, in the fourth quarter is definitely concerning. It's this Dallas passing attack. Well, I thought Joe Brady messed it up too. I mean, like they throw a screen pass 
on that first down stops the clock. Uh, then they throw another pass, stops the clock incomplete. Like, gave Mahomes so much time at the end of that yeah. game. Like, they should have been running the football down the stretch there. I, I didn't understand that at all. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be a tough game. It's definitely going to be a tough game for Dallas, but it'll be even tougher for Buffalo. Uh, number two, oh, gosh. I feel like I'm just riding gravy trains. Like, you know, like I, I that's all I'm doing is like I'm I'm playing the hot hand. Uh you shoot hot to get hot. Now I'm hot and I feel like I'm gonna stay hot, you know. Um Heat but up. everything everything we said about this team last week was true. Like we were so on it. And the truth sets you free, Matt. And I believe. I'm starting to believe in Justin Fields. I'm taking the Bears again, plus three. My no, my no, my no. New is coming. New is coming. Yes, we are a Bears podcast. <laughs> we are a Bears podcast. You knew I was taking them this week. I, I had to know. I, I mean, I had to know. Um, and, and it really comes down to health to me. I mean, Cleveland's health is just not there. You know, outside of the fact that Joe Flacco is starting, and congratulations, he's got a uh, one-year contract. We've got... The injuries on the O-line, Dewan Jones is now going to be out. Ethan Pochitz, their starting center, hasn't practiced all week. Um, we knew that Petonio – I don't know if Petonio is, is going to come back to this game. I don't know what you have for your notes. He um, didn't practice I, – I didn't check yesterday's practice for He didn't practice on Wednesday, though. And like I said, I mean, you mentioned Dewan Jones. That's their that's their third tackle on the season that's on IR. Like, Jack yeah. Conklin, Jedrick Will is already on IR. They're on their fourth and fifth string tackles. Yeah, I, I just don't like it. And then defensively – Grant Delpit's on the IR. Juan Thornhill mm -hmm. hasn't practiced, so two safeties down. Okoronkwo, the D end. I mean, that's a huge. He's a big part of their pass rush. You know, uh, is Miles Garrett questionable too? Yeah, yeah. They had six defensive starters that didn't practice on Wednesday. Again, I did not look at yesterday's practice report, but six starters on defense didn't practice Wednesday. I know that Okoronkwo didn't practice. Juan Thornhill didn't practice. Jordan Elliott didn't practice last week or yesterday. Excuse me. So, so that's what we're dealing with. Delpit out on the IR. They're putting in Duron Harmon, who's ancient, uh, but uh, former Patriot, as you know. Um, but really, Cleveland's offense is, has suffered because of the bad quarterback play, right? I mean, they're first in the league in bad throws. They're first in the league in bad throw percentage. They're last in the league in on-target percentage. And Flacco's played well the last couple weeks. But, man, without an offensive line, the old man sitting back there, he's going to have to be wild because I, I, I don't know how they're dealing with it. And then you look at Justin Fields. Since he has come back from injury, he has yet to throw an interception. Luke Getzey's also getting the ball to DJ Moore a lot more. This is back-to-back 10-target games for DJ Moore. He only had one of those the entire year this year before the last two weeks. And then you look at Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. They're also on the injury report for Cleveland. Uh, they're limited in practice, but you look at Cleveland – Against the Chicago defense, the last three weeks, first in defensive passer rate, third in defensive yards per attempt. They're now seventh in the league in EPA on rush defense. And the last four quarterbacks Chicago has played, they have held them to 191 yards passing per game, the last four quarterbacks. Cleveland's defense has also not been as good the last few weeks. If you look at four of the last five games, you take the Pittsburgh game out, four of the last five games – Cleveland has given up 323 yards a game and 31 points a game in four of the last five games. Matt, we may be in the dog pound, but Bears are just bigger dogs. Give me the Bears plus three in Cleveland. Yeah, I like you mentioned the since adding Matt Montez Sweat, the Bears defense has just totally 
flip the script. I mean, they're top top five in total defense, pass defense, and takeaways. The Bears are sixth uh, in success rate on defense, uh, success rate allowed. And you mentioned, I mean, Jalen Johnson has also been phenomenal since he mm. came back. He is allowing a 24 quarterback rating wow. on passes thrown his way. He's, I mean, he's a top five corner in the league this year. He really is. Um, and they said, talk about as far as the Browns offense goes, like, yes, Flacco had, yeah, he had 300 yards last week, but he did it against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's given it up two weeks in a row to Flacco and Browning. So, I, I mean, the Jags defense right now is, is not, uh, not a hard one to beat up on. Um, and again, like the Jags were able to put up points on them. And as much as the Browns vastly improved offense over the past couple of weeks with Flacco, who is probably the best quarterback that started for the Browns this year, as crazy as that is, um, they're only 17th in success rate and 23rd in EPA per play over the last two weeks with Flacco. Uh, and, and again, that was against the Rams and the Jaguars, two teams that are I, I just below average, I think, in, in, in most all metrics versus the Bears. Again, I think they are at least a average to above average defense this year. Um, and like you said, I mean, really coming down to the health. I mean, they are so banged up the Browns. I think it's just time to time to fade Flacco as a three-point favorite. Goodbye, Mr. Flacco. It's going to be the Bears this week as three-point Bears. Maybe outright. Maybe we'll go outright again, and the Bears will make it even harder on the front office. Uh, was that your number one play? That was number three. Not, my number one play is like – just not a normal number one for me, but I love it. All right. This is my number one play right here. Matt, have you seen the movie Goodfellas? Uh, I have. I love the good. I love okay. It. Excellent. So there's a, a scene in Goodfellas where Tommy, who's played by Joe Pesci, walks into the bar and Billy Bates is there. And he's like, Tommy, I haven't seen you in years. You know, this guy used to shine shoes, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know? That that famous scene where he freaks out. Uh, and he tells him, go get your effing shine box, you know. Well, just like Tommy and Goodfellas, this coach hasn't seen this team for a few years. But it's where he cut his teeth. And I'll tell you something, Matt. Just like Tommy, Sean McVay don't shine shoes no more, Washington. I'm taking the Rams by the six and a half. Are we on, are we on this? I know. My oh my gosh! Number one play. That is awesome. A number one mind melt. You go. You go. I took the last one. You go. I just think, like, I mean, this is. It's weird that we're taking a six and a half point favorite in this spot, but I mean, this is one of the best passing attacks in the NFL versus the worst pass defense in the NFL. I mean, Washington has been so god awful over the past few weeks since they they sold off. Like they held out after uh, trading trading away. Uh, Chase Young and and Sweat, they like had a little bit of a hold, a hold there where they were able to to stand up, but they've been bad. They're season long, they're giving up seven point nine yards per attempt, worse in the league. Over the last three games, they're living up not giving up nine point eight yards per attempt. Uh, nobody else in the league's giving up above nine yards per attempt, and only two teams are given even over eight yards per attempt. And Houston and Seattle, uh, Washington's last three games, they've lost by thirty to Miami at home, thirty five to Dallas and 12 to the Giants at home. Uh, I, I just think and Stafford is playing at a top five quarterback level. I mean, he is he's right up there with, with Lamar, Brock Purdy, and Dak right now with how he's doing. The Rams are averaging 422 yards of total offense over the last three games, and Stafford just torched the top two passing defenses by DVOA over the past two weeks with three touchdowns and 275 yards, and the Browns and the 
and the Ravens. And now they get the 32nd ranked pass defense by DVOA. Hmm. All, all the guys are healthy on offense. McVay, I, I heard one of the guys highlighting how like McVay doesn't really use a ton of like a deep bench. Like he has his guys and that's it. And that's why like Cooper Cup had the year he had because it was just like, he's the guy. We're put, putting everything to him. And now he's got Kyron Williams is clearly his guy. They couldn't get the run offense going when he wasn't there, but he's back and they're, they're running the ball great. Cooper Cup has been a little banged up. He hasn't wasn't really on the injury report, but he wasn't looking like himself. He looks back to normal. Puka is just playing great. And Stafford, again, Stafford is, is back on his back on his BS. He's back in his bag uh, this year. So I think that this is an absolute smash spot. Uh, I The commanders probably can put up points in this and, and try and keep up. But I, I think that the Rams can put up. 40 in this one i really oh do. I gosh, think the rams yeah. i think the rams are going to be able to just absolutely dice up this swiss cheese defense matt i'll give you just one stat last three weeks of the season rams are scoring 34.7 points per game washington is allowing 40.3 worst in the league okay let me give you some more washington stats 29th in completion percentage, dead last in passer rating, defensive yards per attempt, defensive yards per play, 28th in third down defense, 30th in red zone defense. They're also a minus 10 turnover differential. They turn the ball over like crazy. And how about uh, Stafford, you mentioned, is playing really well, an 111 passer rating the last three weeks. Washington in this season, has given up the second most air yards in football. And the Rams in football over the last three weeks are third in yards per play, they're fourth in points per play, and they're number one rated team in red zone attempts per game against the 30th ranked red zone defense. So I love I love the, uh, the Rams this week. The Rams rushing offense has actually been pretty good. Not only are they tied for second in yards per carry and third in rushing yards per game, Matt, they are tied for sixth in yards before contact per attempt. So that's telling me the scheme is really working where these these running backs aren't getting touched until they're three yards down the field. That's what they're averaging right now in in, uh, yards before contact per attempt. And defensively, you mentioned it, that you thought Washington might be able to put up points here. Matt, this is like the greatest defensive player of our generation going up against the Washington O-line that has allowed over 55 sacks this year, that has been the 28th-ranked team in pressure rate allowed this year. Uh, Really, and this is the kicker for me, this is the one that got me, is the fourth quarter. Over the last three weeks, the Rams are scoring 12.7 points per game, okay, in the fourth quarter. That's second in football. No one has given up more points in the fourth quarter in the last three weeks than the Washington Commanders. They have given up, in the fourth quarter alone, 16 points per game over the last three weeks. Giving up more than two touchdowns in the fourth quarter the last three weeks. Like I said, one more thing that I'll give you, and this was a good stat here from Evan Abrams. Rare sweet spot for McVay. He's one of the few coaches where if the line moves towards him, he's really good. And this line has moved towards him. It actually opened minus one and then obviously got all the way up to six and a half. When the line moves towards the Rams, McVay is 46 and 19 straight up. He's 22 and seven straight up at home and against the spread, 35, 27 and three 
against the spread when the line moves towards him. No more shine box. They're going to do what they did to Billy Bates. Leave him in the trunk and bury him upstate. Give me the Rams. Minus six and a half. I Unbelievable mind meld. We are West Coast vibes. Especially, again, on a play, like, we're not laying close to a touchdown with nearly anybody. But I just... This one could sneak up again. This could be public, you know, this could be a big public play of the week. I think they got like 70% of the 70% of the bets, 98% of the money, something crazy. Wow. But I just think the commanders are dead. And that's it's another another coach just waiting to waiting to kick the can. I, I mean, you know, yeah. and he, he's he's Ron Rivera has passed his expiration date in Washington. That is for sure. Uh I love it. I can't I believe that we, we both we locked in on that one. I I just I was like, I can't believe I'm putting as my number one play. And then you followed suit. I love it. I just lo- I just looked at it. I'm like, there's no way. And in my power ratings and my numbers, I had this way more than six and a half. I had this yeah. around like 18. So it was like, I'm like, this is the biggest discrepancy of the week for me. I have to do this. Um, so that leaves us to the leans. What were you thinking about? So just out uh yeah. Couldn't go back to Carolina. I was close. I couldn't go back to Carolina. I can. I actually have Atlanta in my leads. I, I, I literally am like, there's no way. I, I, I think. I think you got to play against them at this point. I know that the, the sharp side. I don't know how anybody could take Carolina. They are so horrible. That I, know, I think Atlanta just... could come back after the loss and 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 come back and get a get a win here. Yeah, I mean it's like divisional home dog catching three, but I just I couldn't get couldn't do it. Another divisional divisional home dog, Arizona plus 12 and a half. Ah. Thought about it, but they're so bad. And I think San Fran could just crush them. And then this is interesting in the Monday night game. Yeah. I feel like the Sharps are on Jacksonville, but again, talk about how bad their passing is. I was I was leaning on the, the, the Ravens minus three. I, I think that this is a spot that they could go down and kill them. But I know the weather is supposed to be really, really bad and nutty. Mm-hmm. So that kind of kept me away from that game. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh... That's a hard game. Again, I think Jacksonville might be desperate. Lawrence playing in that game. I, if there was a week to not play Lawrence, it was last week. Now he has to play. Right. So, you know, it's that's a strange game to me. Uh, we can talk about the weather in that in a minute. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Ma Ross Bart against the Colts. I hate, I hate, hate, hate Trubisky. But, you know, maybe that's a spot where we think about it, you know? Um Miami, what do you think of that bounce back? Yeah, yeah, uh, you got to. What's Tyreek Hill looking like? You know, I mean his That's his wife's guess. telling him to play. His wife's telling him he's got to get out there and play. Uh-huh. But I don't know uh, if he doesn't play. There's no way you could bet on Miami. No, eight and a half. I think is the number. Nine and a half against uh, yeah. the Jets. We're coming off the big win. Um, you know, now. The thing is, they played the Jets a few weeks ago, and and the Jets completely unraveled. That was a Friday game. Um, you know, Miami's a short week here again, and so I'm not concerned about the short week for Miami because they already killed them on a short week on the road. So I don't know. And that was Tim Boyle. So now they get Zach Wilson. I don't know if that makes a difference. Like Miami was a thought, but it never really had a shot again in my five. Yeah, I. Just couldn't couldn't quite get there. Couldn't no. quite get it in there. Uh, no, that's why I was pretty set on the the five I have. I I, I was pretty rock solid on. All right, fair enough. Let's go to the uh, specials under the weather. You mentioned uh, Jacksonville's going to have some nasty weather. We're going to go to that um, Sunday night. There's a weather all over the place. That Miami game 
I'm hearing 40 mile an hour winds in Miami. Yeah. Like that's going to be nuts. But um, the over-unders are just kind of low. This one's reasonable. It's 42 and a half. It's come down one point to four, from 43 and a half. But I think it opened earlier, like around 40. So we're still getting some good value on Baltimore and Jacksonville or under 42 and a half. The weather is calling for 49 degrees, which is pretty cold for Jacksonville. Um, and then we're looking at 10 to 20 mile an hour winds with gusts up to 20. Sustained winds at 14 miles an hour. Maybe the start of the game has some rain involved in it. It's going to be much rainier and windier during the day than it will be at night in Jacksonville. But we might get rain maybe at kickoff, but it should taper off and clear out. These are two teams with really good run defenses uh, and a banged-up Lawrence versus the league's best pass defense. So I'll take the Baltimore-Jacksonville under 42.5 in a windy North Florida game on Sunday night. Okay, it's magic time. We are in position. There's some juicy dogs. I think there's some dogs that we really like this week. Where are we going, my friend? Let's get over 500. Let's get in the winner's circle. Well, you alluded to it. I mean, we're getting the Bears back in there. I think yes. the Bears are, are the most live dog that they can be there. Plus, depending on where you get it, you get about plus 150 right now. I think that's on a uh, DraftKings. And we are going to fire up that Tomlin spot here, even with wow. old Mitch Trubisky. It's a short one. It's a, it's a short one. Don't call me a coward here for taking a plus 110. But you know what? It's going to be enough to get us back in the in on top. It's going to be enough to get us back over into positive numbers here. So you take Pittsburgh and Chicago, 150 and 110. That gets us plus 425. Really? That gets us, that gets us right into the spot we need to be. So we are dialing up the Tomlin spot here. We're fading Minshew again. We're going against them again. Uh, and I did hear one thing, too. Is they're saying uh, the Colts play a ton of cover three. And that is o- over – over his career, Trubisky's most success rate, his best success rate comes against cover three defense. Okay. So I think he has a slight chance here. It seems like the edge rushers are going to both play Highsmith and Watt. Um, you know, they had that'll be they, real they, good. They, they, they called up the the team, the, the individual, uh, you know, not a team affiliated, but hired by the team affiliated yeah. uh, concussion protocol doctor. So I think that, uh, you know, that guy's got a terrible talent in his office. And he's like, yeah, no, JJ's right. fine. Week. He's fine. Uh, I like yeah, that. TJ, TJ. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's that's going to be the play, Chicago and Pittsburgh. Other um, other dogs looking live here. Uh, Tampa I, I, was a thought. Tampa, definitely. What about um, the Giants? A bigger number uh, against the Saints? Like, feels like maybe like that could be a an opportunity. Yeah, I, I I did think about them as well, but I just I feel I feel better with Tomlin. Okay, Giants down to five and a half now. So rats. Yeah, not at that six number anymore. That that happened while we were recording this because I was we looking when, when I gave when I gave out the pick. I checked it to make sure, and it was six. So yeah. Well, okay. we'll leave it at six then because if you if you saw it here, it literally moved while we're doing it. If you yeah. can find a six out there, obviously grab it. That's our that's our uh, that's our advice to you. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's still available. It's probably still available at some books. Let me see. They show you the best options available. Yeah, you can still get it at six on FanDuel right now. So there you go. Uh, but the narrative, you have it in your pocket. 
Lou has Lou has been uh, off the reservation a little bit here, but he does have his pick, and he's been excellent the last few weeks. So can we keep it going? He is riding hot, and I, that's why I hate to say that he is taking Dallas plus two. I'm going head to head with ooh, Lewis. I got ooh. I got head to head with both co-hosts this week. Uh, so going, he's going with Dallas plus two, and he gave me he gave me some some notes here. He gave me a little notes. So I'm going to read off his text that he sent me. He's last week both Dallas and Buffalo won key victories in their conferences. The difference is Buffalo needed OT to beat Kansas City, while Dallas was all over Philly. And the week before, Philly beat Buffalo. Uh, this Dallas team is much better than Kansas City, other than Kelsey, who might be a little distracted this season. He gave the eye emoji. Uh, <laughs> the Cowboys' weapons are simply superior. Dak and the offense are rolling. They're controlling the line of scrimmage against most of most of the teams that they play. And he said no one can stop Micah Parsons unless they grab or hold him. Parentheses, it happens every play, he says. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys' defense is very opportunistic when it comes to creating turnovers, and we all know that QB can't help himself when it comes to giving up the ball in Buffalo. Mm. Feels like Buffalo is only favored because they're at home in the elements and they beat Mahomes last week. And again, that was also when he sent me the note about if the Raiders were on uh, any night besides Thursday, that would have been a hashtag fire Staley. That's awesome. All right. How about them Cowboys in a Super Bowl rematch from yesteryear, 30 years ago? From the 90s. Yeah. This is 30 years ago. This Yeah, this year. Uh, the last two years. It was 92 and 93 they played. Uh, so there you go. I, I like it. I like the uh, – I, I like this matchup. This is going to be a very, very a good interesting game. game coming in here. For, and they're for not they're not the night game. They're the 4 o'clock game. What is they the are. night game? Night game is Jacksonville game. and Baltimore. Is the night that's, game. Oh, that's right. I thought that was Monday. Monday night is Philly and Seattle. Philly that's and right. Seattle, which is another interesting dog. If you want to play that, that was it. I uh, that was another one too. Like Jacksonville and Seattle, both are in that realm of like good enough teams, you know, average teams going against very good teams. But I do feel like Philly's primed to get back in a good spot in this game. I don't know. You would think. You would think. Right. Uh, that's it, and that's all. Maddie, run it down for us. All right, we've got the Paisan, Tommy Cutlets getting six points against New Orleans, uh, Buffalo head to head. With Lewis minus two uh, at home against Dallas, we're taking – we're back at the – I thought the bare necessities were Chicago Bears when you were given that whole – Them too. Earlier. Yeah. So, Chicago plus three at Cleveland. Head-to-head with Danny, Minnesota plus three at Cincinnati. And we are mind-melding on the number one play of the Rams minus six and a half. The Moneyline parlay is Chicago and Pittsburgh. Love it. Uh Yeah, we're back in the jungle, baby. Uh, minus three, Cincinnati against Minnesota in the head-to-head. The New England Patriots. Uh, no more slander. F the Chiefs. New England plus eight and a half at home against the Chiefs. Fire the cannons again. Tampa at Green Bay, getting three and a half. Uh, Chicago plus three at Cleveland in the mind meld. And, and then number one mind meld. No shine box no more, Tommy. Uh, Rams minus six and a half at home against the Commanders. The under the weather is Baltimore at Jacksonville. Under 42 and a half. Bet the narrative. Dallas Cowboys plus two in Buffalo. I'm excited. Uh, should be an exciting time. I'll be back uh, up in the Great White North next week. So it should be a lot of fun. Christmas, the holiday season, and got a few plans out for the holiday show. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, very excited. Like I said, 
Christmas party last night, really kicking off the kicking mm. off the holiday season for me. Got all how's your shop? You got all the shopping done? Shopping's done. The kid we're still working on. You know, because yeah. he has yeah, his, can birthday, never have his birthday is November twenty eighth. So I'm like, you just got like a thousand gifts. Where am I going to put the rest of them? You know, so I've been saving some birthday gifts. For Christmas. Yeah. So he'll get he plenty. doesn't need all these right now. We can uh, we can stretch it out a little bit. He can wait. We got three or four years till he starts looking for expensive gadgets. Uh, so hopefully we'll hold that off. But it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. Week 15 upon us. Let's get a five and zero in here, like we should have last week. Yeah, no, I think we're getting ready. We're getting close. Uh, I, I feel ready for five and zero this week. I know we can't, but we can't both go five and zero. But uh, you know, we'll do our best. Let's let's pick some winners. Let's do that. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, I am Dan Zapano. We will see you next week. Remember, on the Spotify, the Apple, the Google Pod, to listen. Also on Sports Country Radio and SportsCountry.net. Picks are on X at 1230 on Sunday at the Sunday card. And we'll post a Saturday game as well. Uh, we will see you next week for Christmas edition of the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silvereth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.